0: Hello, and welcome to Talk and Psych with Doc Rass. I'm your host, Doc Rass. I was listening this morning to Dare to Lead from Brene Brown. The section of the book that I am, is an audiobook, so the section I am listening to, she's talking about comfort and addiction. And she brings up the concept of shadow comfort in the fact that, yes, we are going to do things to comfort ourselves, but some of the things that we choose or the reasons that we choose them takes off the edge of the negative emotion, but doesn't actually like bring comfort. And I think that also leads to changing the way that a behavior can look because a behavior can be comforting, but it can also be used as a shadow comfort. And so I wanted to explore that a bit today. Because for many of us, we do not like feeling unpleasant emotions. That is why, I mean, they're unpleasant. That's why we do not like feeling them. And so we work to make ourselves feel better. But some of the ways that we go about it is not meeting the actual goal that we have in the fact that it may kind of numb us instead of comfort us. And to add as a point, part of the issue of this, because you may be thinking, well, I'm not feeling the unpleasant feeling anymore. What, what's the issue? i that goal. But the issue is if we aren't able to feel sort of that full continuum of unpleasant feelings, we're also cutting ourselves off from the full experience of enjoyable emotions right so i've seen in therapy people that will engage in isolation to protect themselves from being hurt by other people from losing other people and yet because they're engaging that in isolation so they are lessening those unpleasant feelings that they could have they're also cutting themselves off from the possibility of experiencing joy love engagement their humans are relational creatures and so if we cut ourselves off to protect ourselves we are also hurting ourselves in other ways and in that example at least and i think with a lot of kind of shadow comforts we also invite other unpleasant feelings to join the party and so, in that particular example, right, we may feel loneliness, we may feel disconnected from other people, isolated, um, sad, and so we we're kind of cutting off our nose to spite our face in the fact that we are we are doing it to protect ourselves from one set of unpleasant feelings only to invite another set of unpleasant feelings. And I think this applies to other kind of shadow comforts as well. You know, she gives the example in the book of eating chocolate. Are you having a piece of chocolate and really kind of engaging in the process to legitimately feel comforted? Or are you quickly eating a full bar of chocolate, not even really tasting it to try to soothe yourself? Eating the full bar quickly without even enjoying the experience. Or those that, those of us that struggle with weight, with eating habits, with a bad relationship with food in general, Chomping down on that bar and eating it quickly is going to invite other feelings of possible shame, guilt. And so looking at what do you do to comfort yourself and why is that the choice that you were making? Is it to honestly comfort yourself in a, I guess, more legitimate way or are you trying to quickly put a Band-Aid over something? You know, another example that she gives in the book is social media. She says message boards, but I don't know how many people in this day and age are on message boards. Like, I'm sure right? Reddit is still a thing. It's still quite popular. So there are some. I don't know how popular, but anyway. Are you using it to kind of zone out your partner and disconnect from them because they have upset you? Or are you using it to honestly engage with a community that you have? And maybe the message board is really the only way that you have that opportunity. And after a half hour, you feel kind of rejuvenated. You feel more connected to other people. Maybe you feel understood and like you have connection again. Because if, right, so it's the same behavior but the rationale behind why we are doing it is different. And again, in the example where we're using it to disconnect or distance ourselves from our significant other can lead to increased loneliness. Maybe you're not getting your needs met by that online community, or you're not really engaging in, in behavior that would invite that. Um, sorry, I have to sneeze. Ah, okay. Um, versus if you're really looking for connection, you may approach that message board differently. You may ask questions of other people. You may be more vulnerable yourself, sharing things to connect with other people. Um, but if you're just list- looking to distance yourself, You may not even go on that board where you feel connection with others. Maybe you just start scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or Tumblr or something like that, just looking for something to kind of take your mind off of the situation. You know, she shares, a number of us have kind of poor relationships with food. Um, We were taught that that was a comforting thing right? There's a whole kind of section of food called comfort food. And some of us approach it more helpfully than others. Again, maybe you're looking for that food and you make some, you know, your grandmother's recipe and so you feel connected to your grandmother or you make it to share with other people. And so when the meal is done, you feel that increased sense of connection versus I, again, again, I'm just going to kind of eat this quickly, not really taste it, not really enjoy the process, um, but she notes that eating is a struggle for her, like it is for a number of us, and so she has a picture of her walking shoes because she finds walking to be actually more comforting. And so if there's something that you are struggling with, kind of a shadow comfort that maybe is a little bit easier to complete, to engage in. Thinking of ways to remind yourself of actual things that you find comforting, things that actually help you manage your mood a bit better, whether that's putting a picture on your phone or in your pantry um, or, you know, wherever kind of that shadow comfort lurks, whether that's the pantry or social media. Um, Maybe it's making a list of things that you find comforting and so when you are seeking that, you have an idea of what actually brings you comfort, what actually helps you feel better. And so that way you don't have to fall back on sort of the easiest one because for a lot of things, when we're struggling, we're going to go for the path of least resistance. It saves the most kind of mental energy to do so, but it may not meet the goal of what we're looking for. And so if you had a list of things that, things that I enjoy doing or things that help me feel better, that's taking a lot of the mental workout of that situation when you're feeling some unpleasant emotion. And if you have a full list, you can kind of figure out I'm feeling upset or I'm feeling angry and you can look at the list and figure out, you know, what's going to help me control that specific emotion. You know, if I'm feeling angry, maybe I'm going to go for a run, get some of that, that energy out or I'm feeling lonely and isolated from others and so I am going to get on that message board or maybe I'm going to call my friend who usually picks up or maybe I have a list of people that I might try to reach out to. Maybe it's going to your local coffee shop or in my case yarn shop a lot um, to talk with other people that enjoy similar things to you. And if I have that list, I can think about it more clearly. Now, granted, engaging in actually comforting activities is probably gonna take a little bit more work, right? Thinking of the example from Brene Brown's book of walking versus kind of mindlessly eating. The walking is gonna take more effort to If you don't know where the shoes are, go find the shoes. Maybe change out of your clothes if you're in, like, work clothes or something that you don't really want to go walking in. Um, She's in Texas, so I'm sure she may wear something to work or to a meeting that she definitely does not want to wear outside in Texas heat. Um, But yeah, so you got to possibly change your clothes, put on your shoes. If you don't don't have like a path that you take you gotta figure out kind of how far how long you want to go today what path are you going to take are you going to listen to music are you just going to listen to the sounds around you that takes a lot more effort and decision making than just opening a bag of chips from the pantry and eating half to all of the whole bag Like you don't even have to pay attention and you can kind of reach the bottom of that bag and go, oh shoot, what the heck just happened? But the reason that as a mental health professional I'm gonna push for engaging in those actually comforting activities is the end result. Yes, that walk you're gonna have to put in more effort, but you're gonna legitimately feel better at the end of it. Maybe you still are experiencing that unpleasant emotion because a walk is not necessarily going to fix interpersonal strife. If you're having a fight with somebody, going for a walk is not gonna fix the fight. You still have to deal with the issue. However, it opens the door for other emotions that may kind of help counterbalance such as pride, contentment. You may feel soothed. Maybe you had a really beautiful walk or there was a lot of nature sounds that helped you. Um, that's going to leave you feeling even if you're still upset with your friend, I imagine that upset is going to be less and there's opportunity for other positive, more pleasant emotions to be involved compared to mindlessly eating that bag of chips, I don't know that unless you're eating, you're a professional like eating contest person or you are actually in an eating contest in that moment, I do not know that many of us are going to feel particularly proud of ourselves for eating that full bag of chips. We may feel like I said earlier, shame, guilt, disappointment in ourselves may feel angry with ourselves. If you ever had somebody tell you any negative feeling or any negative statements related to food and your weight, those may come rearing their ugly head at you. And now not only are you still upset with your friend, you may be upset with yourself, and now you're trying to combat negative thoughts as well. And so if this is a struggle, if you're like, I cannot get out of doing this, talk to other people who may be able to help you. Maybe that is friends and family. Maybe that is a mental health professional or a helping professional, right? The eating, maybe you need to see a dietitian or a nutritionist. And these are not obviously the only kind of things, right? Again, it can be anything. It's just what is motivating you. Even working out can be a shadow comfort. If every time you start to feel upset, you go for a run, you do not actively take care of your body between runs or between workouts. You only do it to sort of legitimately kind of run away from your problems. That's an issue compared to doing it more purposely and doing it because it actually helps you. We know people that struggle with their, I'm sure you can think of people or you can think of stories of people who the only way to feel better for them was to work out. And so they were working out hours and hours a day and then become hurt or Something like that. Or they were exposed to a culture of toxic masculinity. And so they're just really feeding into that. Again, not with any sort of set goal. But as a a way to comfort themselves in a less than effective manner. Um, so if you have any questions about this or any thoughts, please feel free to reach out at talkandpsychwith.craz at gmail.com. You can reach out on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube at TalkEncyclic.Razz. I would love to hear from you. If you have other topics as well that you would like to hear about, please let me know. Um, But I hope you all have a lovely day and you do something nice for yourself. Bye.